great to have everybody online on our on, uh, Destiny online campus for everybody here in person. Um, I did have somebody ask me, normally when we do baptisms, we do it on a worship night. And I had somebody ask, you know, how will we manage because on a worship night, I don't remember the last time we did a worship night and people didn't come up afterward who weren't on the schedule and wanted to be baptized in addition to the people that were being baptized that evening because just God moved on people's hearts. And so uh, if you're interested in being baptized uh, this morning, just linger after the service and uh, we'll do this again in the 1130 and we'd be happy for you to participate and be a part of that. And you may not have brought clothing for that, but they didn't on the Wednesday night, uh, on the worship nights either. So uh, the Lord will bless you in your wet underwear as you go home. <laughs> Open the gates. Open the gates. Uh, you know, th this is a, a very instrumental time for the body of Christ. A very strategic season for the church to come into a greater revelation of what God's desiring to do in this next season. Um, there's just a sense of anticipation and excitement that I sense as I pray into this. And uh, this Saturday, we'll be in here from 9 to noon. We're going to be walking people through the Fuel the Fire uh, event this year. We're going to be walking people through some ideas that we've been sensing and working with uh, other networks of pastors and churches, um, both in the U.S. and abroad. And we're going to begin to unveil some of what we're sensing God is saying about what this looks like for us. And the one thing that I think is very important in the body of Christ is that we get out of the mindset that we're supposed to build the church like we build corporate kingdoms and we do these systems and procedures that all look alike and all look the same and we duplicate somebody's success as the way of really having a successful church. And God's not interested in any of us learning how to duplicate somebody else's success. He wants us to know who we are so we multiply our own identity. And that's what we want to try and explore and understand who God's called us to be, what that's supposed to look like, uh, how that brings adjustment to our perspective and disposition. And I just know that there are, there's a lot of revelation we're carrying for that right now. Uh, and we're going to, as we get into that, even in speaking and ministry and impartation and interaction, we're, we, if you saw the email that went out this last week, it had a link in it. And it's about a 30-minute clip. Uh, Steve Uppel from England will be with us that morning remotely, but that's also a message that he's spoken that I'm asking all of our church family to watch because it gives you a bit of a clue to some of what's taking place in this next season. And so if you'll watch that prior to arriving, then you're actually going to break into table conversations over the video that you watch. So it's pretty important that you watch that so that when you get into your table conversation, small group around the table interaction, we're discussing what God's revealing uh, as kind of an understanding of a little bit of what God's desiring to do in this next arena of the, of the church. How many of you know we've celebrated the spiritual superstars long enough in the body of Christ? It's time to mobilize the men and women of God who show up week after week after week and don't understand the powerful anointing of God that rests upon them to go out and change and transform society around them. I'm preaching better than your amen on, on that, right? I'm talking about you. <laughs> I'm talking about you being mobilized, inspired, and empowered to become more of who God's designed you to be. I mean, the, the church has the power to transform all society and every nation of the world. Do you believe that? That's not going to happen by great preaching. 
There's something more that we've got to understand. And so we're going to really step into that uh, this Saturday. So I hope you'll plan to be here. You can register. It's a free event. Uh, but we're paying people to take care of the kids. So child care costs and so on are involved. Uh, max of $20 if you have more than two children, $10 a child. Just to make sure everybody can be in here. It's great. It's going to be a great, great morning. You were born to be a gateway for the king. I cannot say that deeply enough. You were born to be a gateway for the king. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. That the king of glory may come in. In the translation that we read uh, together moments ago, it said twice in there, wake up. And we're going to talk about that today. It's actually the title of what we're um, wanting to focus on. This brief clip really struck me. Um, and I've been rehearsing it personally, and today I want to rehearse it with you as a congregational family, particular with the Destiny uh, kids in the house. Um, you know, when I, when I think about this statement being made in the Chronicles of Narnia, how many of you have ever seen the Chronicles of Narnia? And so here's this statement being made as uh, Aslan is having this conversation with Lucy. And, um, and I just want to say, as we are awakened, how many of you know the people around us begin to be awakened because something of God's kingdom gets activated in our lives? See, this is the way it works. God awakens something within you to transform the world around you. And the more awakened to him you are, the more transformed everything around you becomes. So I want to say it loud and clear. It's time for your friends to wake up. And you're a part of this process. As will you. Oh, I wish I was braver. If you were any braver, you would be a lioness. Now, I think your friends have slept long enough, don't you? Come on, there's something about what's being declared in that expression right now, that the roaring lion of the tribe of Judah has awakened us to the reality that we've entered into the roaring 20s, not like the 1920s, like the 2020s, where the roaring trying, uh, lion of the tribe of Judah is awakening the church with a prophetic roar in the body of Christ. I think, I think your friends have slept long enough, don't you? And to the Lord we say, will you help? In which he responds, of course, and so will you. To which we respond, I wish I were braver. And I want to say to you, you are ready to be used by God as soon as you are willing to be used by God. Don't wait for a move of God. Be the move of God. Be willing to reach into the lives of people around you. This is what I want you to understand. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit has been treated largely in the body of Christ like it's a downpouring of the Holy Spirit. But it's never referenced as a downpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's always referenced as an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit awakens something within the awakened sons and daughters of God to pour out of who they are. The kingdom of God expands in the earth as a result of an outpouring of you and I being enlightened and awakened to the purposes of God. Don't wait for a move of God. Be the move of God. He's designed you to be and he's called you to be. Jesus didn't die. So you could find a church, 
that meet your needs. Just think about what I'm saying. We've been so inundated with consumer culture in the world in which we live that we've come to the resolve that church is about finding a place that will meet my needs. Jesus didn't die, so you could just find a church that would meet your needs. This is why it's so important that you and I understand we are a part of meeting needs. That's what we do. We're the body of Christ. And, and as we do this as unto the Lord, do you understand what a beautiful expression this becomes? It, it, that's, that's why it's so important that we learn to love, to serve, and to give as an expression of worship to the Lord our God. Let me just say, there are some people that perhaps you have not discovered what it really means to get involved and, and love and serve as a part of, of the family of God. And I would encourage you, take the destiny card in the seat back in front of you. If you're online, uh, then you can text to the number that is on the screen, but but. Ask us how. Let us direct you. Uh, Angel actually was sharing with me this morning. He came in and he had on his mask and you could tell he was smiling from ear to ear behind the mask just because the eyes sometimes tell the story. And he goes, it's my first day to be greeting. <laughs> and I was just like, that is so awesome. And here he is on the front row just having been here you know, for a brief time. Find your place of what it means to actually serve in the kingdom of God. And don't just show up wanting to get all the time. Show up and be ready to give. And you don't have to be on the schedule to show up in that kind of attitude. You can walk in and have that heart and that attitude that constantly looks for ways just to love, serve, and give. Figure out what it means. Some people have never understood the value of, of the reality of the tithe as a part of our worship this tithe has always been a part of worship in the kingdom of God from the very beginning of time. It wasn't just the law, it was before the law. Abram tithed to Melchizedek, and then we see the tithe reinforced in the law. And then afterward, Jesus is referencing again, saying you shouldn't neglect the tithe specifically. He says it because this is a part of your worship. So I would encourage you, let this be an expression of your worship to the Lord your God, where you begin to be countercultural in your attitude about your your faith and the kingdom of God begins to be unlocked within your heart and you begin to see something. Would you open the gates and let the king of glory be who he desires to be through our surrendered available lives? And to give, you can find a giving station uh, with your, however you want to do that as an expression of worship or give online. You can text the number online as well and set that up. But I would encourage you, this is not about our trying to come together to do great things. This is not about our trying to come together to make sure we keep the lights on. It's not about the business of the church. It's about worship to the Lord our God. And when we rise up in an attitude of worship, all the needs around us will be met and taken care of. This is God's kingdom being awakened in the earth through our lives. You are the gates. Do you get it? <laughs> Like this happens because we open our hearts and our lives and our time and our talent and our treasure to see God's kingdom expand in the earth everywhere we go. Contrary to what consumer culture has taught us, the church is not here to meet the needs of Christians. Think about what I'm saying. It's really important that we process this correctly. We tend to view the church as one of the many organizations that service our needs in our lives. 
But that is not what Jesus died to establish in the earth, that a nice organization that would meet all of our needs would exist. That is not who we are. We are the family of God, and out of an expression of love, adoration, and worship to him, we do minister to one another's needs, but we are here as the family of God not to build a great church, but to be a strong church that will transform a community in which we live. That is the purpose and the function of the church in every, every society and every nation around the world. And I believe God's hitting the reset button and he's taking us back to the original manufacturer settings, to the original creator settings of the body of Christ to understand we are the Jesus movement of our generation. For God so loved the world that he sent his son to model the sacrificial example that we might follow as sons and daughters because the father is still loving the world enough to send his sons and daughters in to reach the world sacrificially. Don't wait for a move of God. Be the move of God. How many of you hope your friends and family get saved? Now, I want you to understand something. Hope is not a strategy. Don't wait for a move of God. I hope it happens. Be a move of God. How can I participate in what God's desiring to do? D.L. Moody wrote a list of 100 friends that he wanted to see come to know Christ in his lifetime. And in the course of his lifetime, how many of you know he got an A on this assignment? 96 out of 100 people came to know Jesus before he died. He had a list of 100 people. He got a 96%. That's an A. But what he found out later after he was in heaven is he actually made an A+, because at his funeral, the final four gave their lives to Christ. All 100 people on his list gave their life to Jesus. I sure hope this happens. Don't wait for a move of God. Be the move of God. How are you praying and engaging and asking God to do something in the lives of the people that he's entrusted to your care? We are the move of God. Open the gates and be who God's called you to be. So I mentioned Angel Montefar and uh, interestingly, this last week he sent me a message and I want to I want to just uh, read and brag on Dr. Bill Mead, who's online with us this morning. But this is what Angel said to me about kind of his journey. I went to see a chiropractor, Dr. Bill Mead. He, this before he came to our church. He saw, he saw my cross necklace and he asked me a question. I love this question. What a great way to enter in to have a conversation about life and faith. He said, what does that cross mean to you? He started that conversation about life and faith. He mentioned destiny and he talked about how accepting and how great his church family was and he invited me to come and check it out. The first Sunday, I heard about this turn the page challenge. So I started. This began to evolve, taking me deeper into praying, reading, and worshiping. I began to feel the presence of God everywhere I went. I also now have a church home where I know I'm loved by God and loved by God's family. I signed up for discovering destiny, wanting to get more involved, and everyone was so welcoming when I walked in. So many beautiful individuals 
individuals. Everyone had a role. I love that. Strangers who I thought were just attending church services were actually coming to serve as a part of the worship team, the tech team, pastors and leaders of different community groups. I found a home with Destiny, but most importantly, I realized Jesus is walking by my side everywhere I go, always keeping me company. I am so in tune with God's presence in everything I do now when I'm running, eating, watching TV or driving. Thank you, Dr. Mead, for asking that question and inviting me in. Praise God. We're glad you're here, angel. God bless you. Praise God for his faithfulness. Don't wait for a move of God. Be the move of God. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. Are you hearing this? He is about to come through you, the Lord, armed and ready for battle, the mighty one, invincible in every way. So wake up. There it is again. Wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you ageless doors of destiny. Here he comes. The King of glory is ready to come in. Once God awakens you to the reality of his love through Christ Jesus, then he makes you a part of the force in the earth, introducing the love of Jesus to the people around you. My question today, and it's a challenging one for all of us, is it possible that you could be spiritually sleepwalking? Is it possible that we show up and get our celebration on but we're really not spiritually in tune with what the Lord is doing in the course of the week when we're walking through real life. And then we wind up separating somehow this idea of sacred worship and secular real life. And, and, and that in and of itself produces the essence that the greater reality is when we're not in the presence of God. And there is nothing further from the truth that the enemy loves to get you to buy into. I want you to know, God, to know God's presence is with you everywhere you go. He's simply waiting for you to acknowledge his presence in that moment and suddenly heaven begins begins to open and he begins to enter into your world around you through your surrendered available life. The Bible says draw near unto God in James chapter 4 and he will draw near unto you. He's waiting for you to initiate a relationship in every moment of your day and in doing so your reaction to his love and his presence there then begins to determine his response to you and the people around you. You're the gates. You can be woke without being spiritually awake if you understand what I'm saying. It's important that you understand. I, what, ultimately, I want to say, wake up. I think your friends have slept long enough. Let's hear it again. I think they've slept long enough. I think that's significant for us. You know, it's interesting to me, Tracy got up in the beginning of 2020. She began to make some radical statements, prophetically declaring that we've entered into the roaring 20s, not like the 1920s, like the 2020s. And I, I like to reference this often because it was more than just a New Year's revelation for us in 2020. It was actually a decade revelation. And she said things to me 
prior to COVID, like the stock market is about to roar. I feel the Lord saying the roaring 20s is going to cause the stock market to roar. And I was so excited until COVID hit and I thought, we better sell everything because I'm so full of faith. I mean, I, I didn't see how that could happen. How many of you know it has actually happened exactly that way? And it's taught me something, and I've, I've learned to, to pay attention and not just have a reaction to the circumstances that come my way. I, I want to be better at having a response to what God is saying rather than a reaction according to what I'm feeling in a moment of time. You understand what I'm saying? It's pretty important that you and I, who are the gates, aren't just emotion-led. I want you to know God gave you emotions, and thank God for emotions, but your emotions by design are actually designed by God to follow your lead not to lead your follow because when you allow your emotions to lead you endanger your soul and you will lose your mind and you have no confidence in the Lord your God because it's just how you're feeling in the moment I say rise up in the strength of the spirit of God almighty be the gates that he's called you to be open the gates Amos 3, 7, and 8 became our, our mantra phrase last year, and it's surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants. You understand, God doesn't do stuff if he's not talking about it first. That's what he's saying. And these servants carry this prophetic nature from God, these servants like prophets. And it says, the lion has roared, who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? The lion has roared, you can't even help yourself, you begin begin to prophesy when you get under the sound of the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 31, verse 4, it references the lion's growl. And that word growl in the Hebrew also translates meditate. And when we begin to meditate on what God reveals rather than the circumstances around us, when we begin to meditate on what God reveals, then we're awakening that growl or that roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's why it's so important that you and I be in the word of God. I'm declaring to you, God is bringing a jolt to the body of Christ that's willing to step out of this consumer-minded culture that has so controlled our theological conclusions. He's awakening us as the sons and daughters of God, and he's bringing that growl, that, that roar, something to life within us, deep within us. So what I'm saying today is, wake up you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. The Lord, armed and ready for battle, the mighty one, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you ageless doors of destiny. Here he comes, the King of glory is ready to come in. Wake up, I think your friends have slept long enough. Now, I think your friends have slept long enough, don't you? <laughs> There's value in rehearsal. Paul said to Timothy, I, I, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I'm in the tent of this body, even though you know these things and are firmly established in them. I'm going to keep repeating them over and over and over and over to make sure that they get drilled down deep within your soul. 
And this is the season for us as the church to migrate toward the deeper promises that have meant something to us over the course of years of our lives and begin to reflect on those things over and over. And suddenly, like Christine said, all of a sudden I begin to see them from a new light. What's that mean? I am enlightened. He is the light. You understand? God begins to illuminate something within us and awaken things within us as a result. A week from today, I'm going to talk to you about this, but I want to, I want to just kind of drop it with you so that you might think about it over the course of the week. We'll come back Saturday. We're going to talk a lot of these concepts on a whole new plane of what God's desiring to do in the next season of the body of Christ. We've had a tremendous privilege of being able to uh, work with other churches and other leaders and even coach and consult and, and work. And, uh, in fact, AT's working in a theological forum with a group from England uh, that we've been networked with for, for a number of years now and uh, just defining some of that which God is revealing in this next season of the church. And, um, and I've been working with Steve Upple and, and that group of pastors in terms of consulting with decisions being made and how that's unfolding and I think it is, this is a season for us to understand what I'm about to say to you, I think, has a deeper meaning than maybe it's ever had before, just because God wants to illuminate it. Dr. Miles Monroe, just a, um, a phenomenal communicator, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, incredible revelation of the kingdom of God, phenomenal insight to the Hebrew language in much of what he would teach. I heard him talking one time about the Garden of Eden. And it so struck me. And I just feel it's for this season of our church family specifically. And I want to just explain it to you and then next week we're going to really engage on another level of this. He explained how in the Hebrew language a word has more than the meaning of a word because the actual strokes of the letters to make the word each have their own meaning as well. It's a beautiful language and it's beyond my comprehension even what I'm explaining to you because I'm just simply giving you an explanation that I heard him provide. But what he said is, we'll never find the physical location of the Garden of Eden because the Garden of Eden is not about a physical location, it never has been. And he said, Eden itself is actually written with five strokes that have five meanings and the five meanings of the five strokes are spot, moment, presence, open door, delightful place. And he said, God took the man and put him in a spot for a moment where the presence of God was open door of heaven. And an expression of heaven began to make that world a delightful place. Now I want you to think about what I'm saying. Because ultimately this is your assignment in the earth. I'm going to ask the worship team if you all will go ahead and, and come back up. God took the man and put him in a spot for a moment where the presence of God was an open doorway to heaven, the Garden of Eden. You and I are designed by God to live in this place of the presence of God, not to go find a physiological or geographical place to try and dwell there, because it's not about that. It's not about, I don't know if you realize I mean, again, this, these are just things we have to disassemble. And, and I, I want you to know, I'm so thankful for the church, aren't you? 
I mean, when I say things like what I'm about to say, I in no way want to despair or, or speak against the church as we have known it, because the church as we have known it has gotten a lot of things right. Would you agree? I am so thankful for how much we've gotten right. But the church has not gotten everything right, because we're imperfect, and only he is perfect. So what we have to do constantly is manage this tension of trying to navigate through discernment of that which we got right and that which we didn't. How I many you know that's not always easy? And when Jesus is telling Peter, uh, I'm going to be crucified, Peter, in his best intentions, say, oh, no, you're not. I'll see to it that ain't going to happen. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. Or in other words, your agenda might seem really good to you, but you are under the demonic influence of the enemy trying to break my heart and talk me out of what I know God's called me to do. Do you understand? It's very important that we recognize human agendas can seemingly be beautiful at times and be absolutely wrong and even demonic at times. And that doesn't mean that Peter was bad. It just meant he needed to be discerned so that then he could step into the next dimension of what God had planned for him where he would then open the doorway for the New Testament church to be born. And, that, and what I'm saying doesn't mean that the church as we've known it is bad. It just means it needs to be discerned so that it can step into the next dimension of the call of God on the church's life in this next season so that we can become everything God's called us to become. And, and what, what we've done is we've made this sacred place and, and the church, it's like, you know, it's sacred and, and, and here we are and we're gathering in his house and, and, and I understand all the language. It's just theologically wrong. And in fact, it's endorsing ideology that's contrary to theology that I'm describing to you about you and I being the church everywhere we go. The only reason this is the church is because you're here. If you leave and we put cars in this building, it's not a church, it's a garage. If we get the cars out and we put food in the building, it's not a garage, it's not a church. Well, some churches, but it's a restaurant. You understand? You make the church what the church is. Because you can't go to church. You are the church. So we've got to learn to be the church. And everywhere we go, we're walking in this revelation of Eden where we understand and recognize every place I stand is a spot for a moment where the presence of God is an open door to heaven. I am the gate of God. You are the gate of God. We are the gates of God. Lift up your heads, O you gates, that the King of glory might come in. Come on, let's give him a standing ovation. Would you join me? He is worthy of our praise. This Jesus is worthy of our praise. This risen king, he is not just the king. He is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. We lift up the name of Jesus. Open the gate. Bless you, Lord. Are you walking with God in a way that you can experience God's presence in your life? It only comes through Jesus Christ. It doesn't come through religious rhetoric and doing the best we can to be as good as possible. It has nothing to do with any of that. It doesn't have anything to do with how good or how bad you've been. 
has everything to do with how righteous and how holy Jesus is. Have you surrendered your life to Christ online? Have you surrendered your life to Christ in this room? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? Will you take a moment right now and just surrender your heart fully and completely as best you know how? Saying, Jesus, you're the Savior of the world. You came, you lived, you died, but you're alive and you're drawing us in to the deeper purposes of God. We accept that you are who you say you are. You're the Savior of the world and we need you as our Savior. We need you as our Lord. Come on if that's your prayer and your declaration why don't you give him praise and draw his sound into your heart in this moment in time we honor you Lord God we lift up the name of Jesus we bless you Lord this week please be intentional about exploring this place where the presence of God is an open door in your life from heaven. Be intentional. Whatever you need to do in the morning, get up just a little earlier, spend a little bit of time in prayer. In evening, when everybody else is quiet, just take some time and just be alone with Him. Purpose a walk in the afternoon for the sole reason of just going and listening to the, the Holy Spirit and what God's desiring to reveal. Be intentional about exploring Eden this week. And let's come together Saturday morning and hear what the Holy Spirit is wanting to reveal as we listen to Him. Not to great speakers. We want to hear the Holy Spirit. We want to hear the Lord as we gather together. That's our absolute intention. And then we'll join together the day after back again next Sunday and just press in deeper. And we want to just embrace our part of our assignment as a worshipful assignment. We know that as a church. We are the gates. And when we sing, something of the atmosphere shifts. So can we just take a few moments together as a church family before we conclude, before we're dismissed, and just press in in a place of worship as we invite the Holy Spirit. Lord, awaken things within us. Seal your word, God, that has been spoken by your spirit into our hearts. Help us to become more of who you desire for us to become. We are hungry. We are so hungry for the things of God. Deepen our appetite. Enlarge us, we pray in Jesus' mighty name.